0: How's it going?
1: Long time no see.
0: Yeah, we were I was telling John earlier, I was like, I don't think we've talked since he suspended me in seventh grade. i was really embarrassed. I was really nervous. I swear I stay out of trouble now.
1: Oh now? Right. Mostly. You stayed out of, stayed out of trouble then too.
0: I'm pretty like I think I think for the most part. Oh no, no. My life has calmed down since. Has it? yes yeah,
2: since the 7th grade a little bit from Alaska Teen Media Institute this is podcast in place youth stories from quarantine a series about youth in Alaska during the COVID-19 pandemic we're bringing you stories interviews and audio diaries from teenagers and young adults stuck indoors without anything else to do i'm Ami, producer Kendrick whiteman recording this on a yeti stereo microphone in my dad's apartment since the main Atme studio was closed for the time being The fall semester is right around the corner and with the coronavirus still spreading throughout the world, people are wondering if schools are going to reopen, and if so, how are they going to do it safely? So AMI senior producer Quinn White called up Joe Zawadny, a director for the Anchorage School District, to talk about their plans for reopening schools and keeping students and teachers safe. This interview was recorded remotely on July 16, 2020.
0: How your job has changed since the coronavirus pandemic started?
1: Sure, Uh, obviously it's changed a lot um, because now there are just a number of of issues and potential issues uh, that are out there that we're having to plan for and so in a typical year right now I would be meeting with principals and talking about what classes they're going to be offering, maybe what types of staffing changes they might have, uh, we'd be working on, on registration processes, and now we're really where the work is figuring out how are we going to offer content um, that's appropriate for students, that's good for students, but balancing between at home and at school. Knowing that from week to week, even we may be um, asking students to change where they're where they're learning, you know. And so that's that's been the majority of the work is planning for the contingencies and the logistics for anything that might happen uh, in our community.
0: Absolutely. So can you tell me about when you first realized that coronavirus was going to impact our daily lives?
1: Um, Professionally, when when we first realized that we were going to have to start changing some things was uh, just before spring break last school year when uh, we started having to cancel school trips. Uh, as you know, we have a lot of student groups that go out of state over spring break, go out of country over spring break, and we started having to cancel those trips because our fear was that students and families and teachers were going to be trapped um, you know in another city or even another country and not able to come back and so that was our that was actually i mean it was a very difficult time it really prepared us though for understanding just how much of an impact. Uh, COVID, the pandemic might have on our families because, as you know, families and students and teachers, they really look forward to those trips, and it was really difficult for the district to cancel those. Um, compounded with when we were initially canceling those trips, at the time, a lot of the companies weren't willing to give refunds and support families. Now, you know, once once those companies, I think, saw that that was going to be a nationwide sort of cancellation, mm-hmm. they started they started really working with families again and making refunds or deferring trips to this year, just in case they might be able to do that. So that was really when we saw that that this that the COVID pandemic is going to have really um, uh, strong impact on our families, and that we were going to have to make some really difficult decisions. Uh, that we knew were not going to be popular, but, um, you know, we really have to think about student safety in these decisions, and what's safe for kids isn't always popular.
0: Absolutely. Can you talk about how ASD came to the decision to switch to online schooling this spring, and what factors were taken into consideration, and what that transition was like?
1: Sure. Um, So, you know, as families were, were starting to come back and we were, we were getting ready to come back from spring break, we realized that it was gonna be very difficult to contain uh, the pandemic and to provide a safe learning atmosphere. So what we, want, what we didn't wanna do was rush students back to school and then um, have to turn around and send them home, right? Uh, one or two days later. And in fact, some of our initial planning was to have kids come back right after spring break and then, you know, to gather items and things of that nature. Once we realized that it, that it was in our community and that it was potentially going to be coming into our schools, we decided um, early on we were just going to have to, to cancel school after spring break. And so, of course, we want to continue the, the academics that, that students had started for the school year. A lot of classes, you know, they're doing work before spring break that they're going to continue after, you know, especially at the high school level, we have semester-long classes. So we want to make sure that content continued on. Um, So the, uh, the decisions that were made last spring were decisions that had to be made quickly because we didn't have the summer, for instance, to plan out how this might work. So that's why, you know, at the high school level, we created Canvas courses right away that were kind of um, predetermined. At middle school, we used APEX because it was predetermined courses that we could find out where students generally were by grade level and have them continue from there. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew it wasn't necessarily the ideal academic support, but it was, it was by far the best we could do. And, and we actually saw, we saw good gains. We saw good participation from students um it was a big transition as you might imagine for everyone students families and teachers alike because not a lot of our teachers uh, are used to teaching in an online environment and it's a much different environment you know you're 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 having to anticipate for um needs that students have that you haven't had to think about before absolutely having to what engagement looks like in an online environment is much different than what it looks like in a classroom. And it's much more difficult, as you know, just, you know, um, when you're communicating through email and through text and things of that nature, it's just difficult if you don't have that face-to-face. As we were talking about earlier, this coming school year, our concern is, if we have to move to an online learning environment and students don't even know their teachers yet, that's gonna be a real challenge. And that's why this school year, we're, we're starting the school year um, in school so we can, we can at least give students two or three weeks, hopefully with their teachers, you know, before we have to maybe make the decision to be at home, but at least they'll know their teachers. They will have met them. Uh, we will have anticipated some of the needs that students have, really be able to track with where they are academically to make sure they're in appropriate classes. Mm-hmm. Class- Last spring, a lot of the success that we saw came from the fact that students already knew their teachers. They knew their peers. They knew what those expectations were as far as what teachers wanted from work. You know, um, students knew their teachers' personalities. I mean, that's a huge piece of it, you know, and, uh, and they know how much their teachers care about them. So a lot of that trust building and relational capacity that happens in a classroom was already in place last year we're having to figure out how to get, you know, how to front load that this year. So the first two and a half weeks of school this year really are going to be providing teachers and students opportunities to get to know each other, to make sure that all the support students need to be successful in the classroom, either in person or online, that those things are in place so that we can hopefully move forward successfully.
0: What is ASD's reopening plan this fall and what precaution is the Anchor School District putting in place to ensure the safety of students and staff?
1: That's a good question. So um, we have multiple scenarios for uh, for schooling this year that are dependent on the rate of COVID spread across our community. And so the school district is partnering with um, the Department of Health and Social Services, with the State of Alaska, with the Department of Education, um, really to determine what does COVID spread look like in Anchorage in the municipality, and based on that, the the number of infections and and whether we're seeing an increase or a decrease, that will to some extent determine what school looks like for students. And what the cohort model is is we're going to take all of our students and based on um, By and large, based on their last name, they will be in either cohort one or two, cohort A or B. And so maybe students A through L might be in cohort one, and and M through Z be in cohort two. And depending on the day of the week, different cohorts will be at school. The idea there being that students will have fewer students in school, thus Mm -hmm. have fewer chances of exposure and interaction. We can have fewer students in the classroom so we can try to maintain that six foot social distancing that we know is important. Um, one of the challenges this, this year, of course, is going to be wearing masks, um, you know, really ensuring hand sanitization and hand washing. You know, some of the challenges and things we're thinking about is how do you have lunch? How do you have recess? You know, there's all these things that um, these opportunities for students to interact that we know are important. But how do you do that in a safe way and how do we as a school district ensure families that we're really looking out for their kids Um, all students in middle and high school are going to be taking three courses every quarter but they're going to be receiving twice as much instruction in each so they're essentially going to be moving through a semester's worth of content in one quarter okay that makes sense so what, what we found last year at middle school for instance students take seven classes at high school students take six classes traditionally and it was very difficult for for most students to navigate six or seven classes at a time and a lot of the feedback we got was from the from a district perspective from families and from students was i'm struggling i'm struggling at school because there's too much i'm, I'm moving in too many directions at once so by decreasing The course load for students by making sure they only have three courses um, we can get the same amount of content done throughout a school year but they're only really focusing on three classes at a time so um, so if you're a student at um, at West High School this year then you're going to be taking two core classes and one elective class and each of those classes are going to be 90 minutes there's going to be a lunch Um, we're working through the plans for sports and activities. But again, some of those things that we look, really look forward to in school, some of those things might not be able to happen because we can't ensure safe distance between students at say, dances, right? Or during assemblies and things like that where we can only have so many people in in an area at a time.
0: What are some of the concerns you've heard about
1: reopening our schools? Well, you know, our, our main concern, as I mentioned earlier, really, is student safety. We, uh, we want to make sure that students and staff are safe. Um, we know that, that even in what we consider a normal year, um, if students and staff don't feel safe, they can't learn, they can't teach, um, things don't run as effectively. So the decisions, the, the, the driving factor for all of the decisions that we've been making is around student safety. Um, we know that some students have been wearing masks all summer. They're used to that. It's part of what they do now. Um, we know that some students uh, maybe are um, inconsistent with that, and some students haven't been doing that at all. And so, just trying to create some of those habits and those um, those safe practices around school is going to be a huge focus. Um, so that's what that's our that's the number one challenge. When you move past that, and you can help ensure a safe environment, then the challenge is um, how do you, now that we're only teaching three classes a day, students are only in three classes a day, um, it's difficult to take math for 90 minutes for a lot of students. It's difficult to be in a language arts class or Spanish class for 90 minutes. So one of the challenges that students and teachers I think this year are gonna have is just shifting what they're used to um, as far as how long a class lasts, what, what should be included in a class. You know, when you're talking about a 90-minute period, you really want to spend a lot of time on engagement, right? Making sure students are interacting. Um, and how can you, again, do that safely and make sure that everyone, you know, has the distance that they need to do it, still having those positive social interactions?
0: It must be really difficult for school administration right now, so how is ASD staff working on addressing all these concerns?
1: So our, um, you know, our administrators, our, our principals, our, um, our registrars and, and, and folks in the building that do a lot of the work behind the scenes, they're just getting back now. And so um, right now, what we're trying to do is, is, um, is solve these problems with their help, because we know that each school is a little different. Uh, The population's a little different, the needs are a little different, and while we, from a district perspective, we know there's some pieces that have to be in place, we also want, you know, what a school looks like and feels like to be unique, right? And so uh, we're trying to give guidance, but at the same time, let, let administrators and let the staff drive some of that work so that, you know, so that, again, like West High feels like West High. Right, um, it's, it's important to us that, that every school's um, culture is able to move forward as it normally would. We're trying to make as, as normal year as possible, um, but we know that what normal is has really shifted as, for us as a community.
0: There's a lot of conflicting information coming from health experts and politicians about reopening school this fall. So how does all of this information influence ASD's reopening plan?
1: You're right we have um, from from the from the federal government level down to this down to the city and municipality level we have different expectations and um, different information coming at us. We're trying to balance everything as best as we can, right I mean um, districts have been threatened with you know not receiving federal funding for certain things if they you know if they if they don't open schools for instance. Um, that's been talked about, um, and so, uh, you know, I know our superintendent, our school board spend a lot of time looking at those federal and state mandates and try to balance, you know, how can we fulfill those often contradictory requirements with what we know we, our students need, and so um, it is, it's, it's, it's um, there's a lot of nuance to those decision making. Um, processes, and I think what makes our district really strong is we have we have really opened up our decision making and included teachers and parents and students and community members in these decisions so that you know we talk about silos, right and and we're not in one silo and the community in another. you know we're really trying to take all perspectives into consideration and we know because of the know the value we really value the diversity that Anchorage brings to our schools and um, we want to uh, we want to be able to harness the the various um, um, needs and perspectives that we have in Anchorage and so I think the district's been doing a good job of that Um, and moving forward you know that is the plan is to continue to involve as many stakeholders in those decisions as possible.
0: I came across this article on CNN earlier today about how some teachers, like across the country, are doing things like preparing wills for school starts. And I want to ask you, how are teachers in our community feeling about reopening?
1: You know, I have read a lot of the a lot of um, research about that same topic. I you know I know I think one of the statistics I saw back in May was that you know upwards of almost 20% of teachers. you know, at least in May, had had indicated in in different surveys that they may not be going back to work because of their fear of of contracting COVID in the workplace. Um, I, you know, I think like any um, emergency, like we find ourselves in, we have some teachers that are are very nervous about coming back and may have health reasons and other um, factors that are driving that. Um, and we have some teachers that are um, prepared to maybe take that the anxiety they have and the fear of that and put it aside because they know that having kids back in school is the best thing um and and i think we are as a district we're poised to hopefully um provide an appropriate uh, work environment for all staff you know knowing that some are okay to come back some don't want to um you know, in addition to our Um, In-school environment, we're offering online content for all students as well. Um, So if you don't feel like coming to school because you or your family are nervous about being at West High School, for instance, there will be teachers at West High School that are in charge of uh, our virtual school that's attached to each each, um, neighborhood school. So you can learn online and stay attached to your school at the same time until you feel safe to come back. So um, there will be opportunities for some staff to teach online. Um, That will really be the number of teachers that can do that will be dependent on the number of families that want to stay home. Uh, And so, but, you know, we um, were following, like I said earlier, we're following the guidelines that that health experts have put in place to help ensure safety. And we do feel that if, you know, if, if people are wearing personal protective equipment and they're washing their hands and they're keeping a safe distance, that we can we can be successful in school this year um, and and help ensure a safe environment. Um, can you hang on one second? Quinn, I gotta plug my computer in real quick.
0: No worries, it happens to the best of us, I might move a little also.
1: I don't wanna um, all of a sudden be gone.
0: No, it's okay, good transition. <laughs>
3: everybody it's apne senior producer daisy carter here we wanted to take a moment to shout out another alaska youth organization that is doing amazing work during this very strange time in our lives mask mission ak is a group of west anchorage high school students who are organizing alaskans and making homemade masks which they donate to areas in our community in need so far they have provided over 1,400 masks to various sites such as ANMC, Alaska Regional Hospital, Beans Cafe, Anchorage Health Department, USO J-Bear, Anchorage Fire Department, and more. Stay tuned for future episodes of Podcast in Place, where we talk to two of the group's organizers. You can find out more about them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Mask Mission AK and be sure to follow the hashtag #AKYouthCombatCovid to see what other youth organizations are doing to help Alaska flatten the curve and keep us all safe. And now back to Quinn's interview with ASD director Joe Zawadny.
0: So, now I have some questions about the logistics of reopening, and I know we talked about this for a second, but what social distancing measures are going to be put in place and What's going to happen in really crowded areas like lunchrooms and hallways?
1: Some of the things that we're doing, and I can really speak for the secondary level, uh, middle and high schools, but um, so we're not, you know, we'll have passing between classes, but students um, are not going to have lockers this year. We're going to really minimize the amount of time that students are in the hallway. The idea would be that students, you know, between classes, they, they leave one class, they go to the next class, and they have a bit of a break. Uh, we are. Uh, with the medium-high model that we're starting in, we have half as many students in classrooms at a time, so we can really ensure that six feet of distance between students. So typically, in you know, a in a high school or middle school classroom, you'd have, you know, 15 or 16 tables uh, that, that could, you know, and, and each class holds about 30 to 32 students. In the medium-high risk model, we have, you know, one student at every table. So we can really help ensure that six feet, between students um, in lunchrooms. Um, we're going to uh, break students up as much as we can, have half as many students at lunch tables, for instance, allow students to eat in different areas of the school where they might normally not, you know, maybe eat um, with social distancing in hallways and things of that nature. Um, so that, like you, like you said, we don't have as many students packed into small spaces at a time. Uh, it's really gonna take some getting used to for students. Um, It's going to take our staff really encouraging students to um, keep that distance, kind of like we see it at playgrounds and in the community, right, where you see, you know, we have kids that um, they kind of forget that they need to be keeping that distance. And so the adults around are helping to manage that space. Uh, That's what our teachers are going to be doing for a while. I don't think it's going to take long for our schools to just get into the habit of keeping that distance. Um, we are going to be, re- like I said earlier, we're requiring um, all students and staff to wear um, face shields or, or masks if, that, um, if they're able to do so uh, medically. We know that some students and staff um, can't wear masks, and so we have other plans in, uh, in place for that. Um, we, the, the district has purchased thousands of hand sanitizer dispensers. So that pretty much anywhere you go in a building, you're going to be able to have hand sanitizer on hand. So um, we, you know, we're trying to do everything we can provide masks, and uh, I, I hope that with those measures in place and consistently practiced, that we're not going to see the spread that um, that we're worried might happen.
0: Will schools change their attendance policies or extend or offer extended sick leave for staff?
1: You know, community-wide, what we know is that if a if a staff member um, suspects that they may um, that they may have COVID, uh, they're gonna you know they'll 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 stay home. Hopefully, they'll take a test, and so we can determine whether that's the case or not. They'll self quarantine, um, and that's going to be the same with students as well. We're really relying on the community to be very cognizant of how students are feeling to make sure that if a student's not feeling well that day even if it's just a cold that they stay home um, because we don't want to you know we don't want to put folks into um, uh, into a risky situation and so we know that uh, we know teachers want to be at school we know students want to be at school and we know that a lot of teachers and students will go to school even when they are sick in a normal year and so we're really we're relying on you know, the community as a whole to make sure that we're all being safe so that the community as a whole is safe.
0: How will the Anchorage School District respond to potential coronavirus
1: outbreaks in schools? So um, the district's developing a process for determining um, whether a school can be open or not based on the number of students or staff that, um, that may, ha- may be infected. And so, uh, for instance, if a school—if we're in a um, a low risk situation, which we are not right now, we're in a medium risk situation. But if we're in a low risk situation, and one staff member or one student um, has uh, tested positive for COVID, um, the school may stay open. Um, we're still trying to um, to really uh, finalize the plan. What we're what we're going to end up doing is is using a um, Uh, using a matrix to determine whether a school needs to open or close. And so a school that has an outbreak, for instance, may be closed, whereas other schools may stay open. So uh, we're really, it's going to be a site-by-site decision based on COVID levels. So if if at a high school, if you have two or three kids that um, test positive for COVID and they were at school yesterday, um, school's going to be closed tomorrow. You know, the school district's going to come in. They're going to make sure that they clean everything really well. They're going to give the school time to um, uh, to um, to be cleaned. We're going to make sure folks stay home for a day, and then and then can potentially come back. And so it really is going to depend on um, the rate of infection and spread within the community and uh, and within individual schools.
0: Is there a plan to test students for coronavirus or for contact? contact tracing. I'm tripping over my words a lot. I'm sorry. Okay. And is there funding for that?
1: So the, the school district is not going to be um, testing students for COVID. If, uh, if a student is suspected of having COVID, um, the school district's going to encourage the family to get the student tested. And if the family, for whatever reason, doesn't get the student tested, then the student will have to self-quarantine for 14 days. Now all the students out there still have access to all of their courses online. So they'll still be able to keep up with their classwork um, like they would in any other school year if they were sick. Um, But the school district does not have plans at this time to test students or staff. Our school nurses will do some contact tracing to determine whether or not, you know, a student who is suspected to have COVID or tests positive for COVID, what, um, you know, uh, what other students may have come into contact with them throughout the day. And so there will be some of those processes taking place, yes.
0: What happens if a teacher or a student, like, dies after contracting coronavirus at school?
1: Well, I, you know, I think number one priority for the district would be to, um, to make sure that the students and staff have support for that as you know we have we have students and staff that pass away throughout the school year it's really difficult for a school community to deal with that and so one of the one of the things that the district um, ensures in those situations is that there are there are counselors involved and other uh, mental health professionals that can help students cope with those sorts of losses Um, again it's gonna as far as what the school itself would do it really would be dependent on the situation we know um, that, that some folks contract um, COVID, and and um, you know after after the um, the illness, they they tend to feel fine and and, and go back to work, um, and sometimes that takes a week or two. Sometimes that take could take months, right? And so it really would just depend on um, you know what the uh, what the timeline was around that infection. You said
0: our schools have these mental health resources, but are they planning on expanding them as like we continue to go through this really difficult time?
1: Sure. So um, the the municipality and and the district have have devoted some funds to hire more healthcare or mental health professionals for our buildings. Some buildings are piloting a program this year where we're increasing uh, mental health assistance in the schools, Um, you know, in, in addition to that, all of our schools have counselors, all of our schools, you know, have um, support personnel in place. And so, you know, across the district, we're not necessarily adding um, mental health professionals to every building, but we are as a district increasing those numbers. And then we have, um, we have school psychologists and counselors that can be, Um, dispatched to help a school that has a need um, at any time. And so that will happen sometimes, like I was saying earlier with if if a student or a staff member passes away during a school year, we'll often send some extra help to that building to help students and staff cope.
0: So you answered all the questions I have, but is there anything else you wanna add?
1: Because so much is changing with COVID and what we know about it, and because so much is changing in the Anchorage community, Regarding spread and um, and and infection rates, we're really just uh, you know the 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 colloquialism we use is you know flying the plane as we're building it, right? So um, we're doing the best we can to react and to uh, predict some of the issues that are going to come up, and I think we're doing a good job of that. Um, what what we wouldn't be where we were today if we didn't have have families and community members that were patient with the process because though we like to think we know all the answers and can predict what is gonna happen on August 20th, the reality is we don't. And so um, we, we put out a survey at the beginning of the summer and while, you know, while the community's feedback was, was clear that, that no one believes that an online environment was the best for kids, One of the positive pieces of feedback we got was that the community was supportive of the amount of communication that we were putting out. And so our hope is that families and and students will continue to read the emails and and watch the videos that Dr. Bishop is putting out so they can stay apprised of what those changes look like. It's one of those, it's a balance, right? We wanna be definitive about our decisions, but also not be wrong. It's been really hard because we wanna be able to just tell people What they want to hear which is what we want to hear too which is everything is safe and we're good to go um we're just unable to do that so we know that every couple weeks you know we're going to have to kind of make a decision about the next two weeks what what do the next two weeks look like
0: well i really appreciate your time joe
1: no thanks for having me yeah awesome all right thanks quinn
2: That was AMI senior producer Quinn White interviewing middle school director Joe Zawadney. Almost a week after they talked, the Anchorage School District superintendent said that due to rising case numbers, schools will likely start with online classes when the semester begins on August 20th. You've been listening to Podcast in Place, youth stories from quarantine from Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Devin Schreckengost with additional music for myself, Kendrick Whiteman. Stay tuned for more stories from Quarantine Youth. You can find these stories at alaskateenmedia.org where we have included resources for youth during quarantine as a part of the partnership with the State of Alaska Division of Behavioral Health. Many thanks to our supporters, including the United Way of Anchorage, the National Endowment for the Humanities, the Ramusen Foundation through the Arts and Education Fund administered under contract by the Alaska State Council on the Arts, Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and would help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you would like to help support Youth Voices in Anchorage and help keep our podcast going, you can donate to our organization by going to alaskateenmedia.org and clicking Donate. Also on our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, or find out how you too can get involved. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Team Media Institute, I'm Kendrick Whiteman. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and we'll get through this together.